joining me at Nothing New Under the Sun. My name's Jonathan Wright, and this is podcast episode number three. Today, I'm going to interview my friend Jamie J, who is an absolute expert on SRA and all of the psychology and workings of it. Um, she has just uh, spent her time uh, reading and researching and learning about this stuff. She's an expert. Um, we're going to talk about things like <clears throat> the actual programming, how it works, and uh, we get into the porn industry and sexual energy and uh, it's good times, good topics. So um, before we do that, though, I have a presentation on Satanism that I am going to show you here. So one thing I would like to add really quick, if you're watching this on a phone, I mean, you know, it'll work, I suppose. But um, I would recommend and, and, you know, even push you to go and, and watch this on an actual large screen so that you can see this presentation. It's, uh, you know, it was intended to be viewed on a large screen, so just that. Um, and and it, it just looks better. Uh, it'll work on the phone, though. So anyway, I just thought I'd add that. Um, thank you for being here, and I hope you enjoy it. Howdy, guys. I just wanted to say hello, and we are going to be discussing what exactly Satanism is. <clears throat> and we are going to be doing it uh, in a format that is going to be rather quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Um, I'm just going to go over it briefly so that we have an idea of what Satanism is uh, moving forward, uh, because we've been discussing Satanic ritual abuse, and I just feel that it's appropriate at this point. So, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's get started. We're going to discuss first the four main tenets of Satanism. So, the four main tenets of modern Satanism are egotism, okay, self-preservation, putting service to self as your highest goal in life, moral relativism, and that's basically right and wrong are, you know, whatever you say they are. 
That's not good. That is not correct. That is not real. That's how the Satanists view things. It's right for them when it's right for them. And it's wrong for them when it's wrong for them. They will pick and choose, and that's just how it will be. Okay? Um, social Darwinism. Basically, the government. Okay? The structure and design of the government is what you can look at in place of social Darwinism, if you want to say that. Their, their version is the most cruel should become the masters and rule over everyone else. And that's what they have done. They have patted themselves on the back. They have given themselves awards. They have taken over. And it's because they are w willing to do the most heinous, horrible things to people and do it with no empathy and no love. So you have eugenics and epi-eugenics, which is the belief that um, ultimately it's, it's real racism if you want to get down into it. Um, it's the belief in a, spe a specific race, a specific genetic race that, that they are going for. And then the epi-eugenics of, of, of them poisoning us off and, and, and determining who lives and who dies. Okay? That's what Satanism is. That's what their main tenets are. That's what they preach at their grottos, what they have at their meetings. That's, this is, it's not even so much what they preach. It's just what you are when you are in Satanism. Uh, it's just how... It's how it is. It's how it works. Okay? So, de facto Satanism. What is that? De facto Satanism is Satanism in deed, not necessarily in intention. So, you have, going off the heels of my last podcast, when Courtney was discussing the Starbucks logo and what it looked like and how when you inverted it, it was a Baphomet. Well, here's a very good example of exactly that. And so I wanted to show you that, that the idea of just partaking, okay, in Starbucks. Yes, that is de facto Satanism. And this is, this is a part of it. This, this gives you symbolically. You can look at it and go, oh, yeah, I see that. That's Satanism. But I'm going to get more into the food, and I'm going to get more into the water, and how our culture is a satanic culture that not so much has been forced on us, but that we have allowed to be presented to us and we have adopted. And now we have got a lot of work to do to back out of this thing. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. And most people hearing this are going to hear that my message is you're a de facto Satanist. And you'll understand that if you don't know and you're behaving in the way Satanists do, which is off the list basically that we just read, self-preservation being the main thing, that, that means quite a bit. And, and in more lengthy discussions, I'll get into it more. But, but you put yourself above everything. It's the ultimate in selfishness. That's what Satanism truly is. And I'm going to show you how our society has laid out its foundation based on that and, and based on our gluttony and our greed and a lot of other things come into play to produce this thing that we now have which is pure Satanism in our society. So let's go over some of these. This is what we have done to our animals. And th these are nice pictures, I assure you. These are the nice ones. These are factory farming. This is the caging that we have done to our animals that we, that we then cook and ingest into our bodies 
as as energy as sustenance okay and we have enslaved and and are torturing and again these are these are not the not the horrible pictures okay these are are some more pictures that are just a, a little bit closer to it you know you see that guy there screaming uh, that that's how they all internally are then you got the uh it looks like muslims over there just having a heyday with just you know just just an absolute satanic blood ritual just let's just massacre things and and then right below it you've got the the american version of it you know uh they're in they're in you know they're they're tucked in khakis and they're they're button up shirt and they're wearing belts it's different it's it's better it's what we eat it's how we behave. It's how we treat our animals. It's the type of energy that we put into ourselves, and we do it unconsciously and unwillingly, regularly. But it's not satanic, is it? No, no, no. Over here on the left, that's the Chinese. That's that's kittens, cats that were saved, okay, that were going to be eaten. So there's that. So the living conditions, right? Life is a pig, and we eat all that. that, that this is how we treat. We have enslaved the animals. And until we stop enslaving, we will never not be slaves ourselves. And I will show you what I mean graphically. But, but see, they also put the people. The people are in the same conditions, just working at death, being death, standing right in, in the same type of way that the animals were treated and grown. They're standing there working in it to feed us. This is what we eat. This is how we eat. It's, it's revolting, folks. Now, let's, let's take a little bit of a drift away from the Satanism in our food and, and look at our water because this is what they put in most water supplies and you want to think it's fluoride and you want to think it's calcium fluoride and it just simply isn't. It's hydrofluorosilicic acid and it is straight up poison. It is not good in any way, shape, or form. There are other forms of, of um, fluoride that, that do go into the water, um, but... Basically, hydrofluorosilicic acid is what they shoot for. When the people doing it really figure out what's going on, that's and you'll find that it's in your town. Look it up. Go go do research in the town you're in and look into the water supply, and it's admitted. They have to tell you. They have to tell you these things. Um, generally, it'll be at, like, I think it was a .07 parts per million, and you're thinking, oh, that's, that's, that's nothing, you know? And, uh, and look into the research that Harvard has done. It, it, is, it is something. And granted, that's like one of the lower ends, but it still causes bone cancer, kidney cancer, liver cancer. It calcifies the pineal gland. It connects, disconnects you from being able to connect with the creator. Um, it, it's just, it's poison, folks. You can't, we can't do this. So there we have it. That's, you know, our food and our water. And this is such a, I'm, I'm just cruising through this stuff to give you an idea of what our society looks like as a satanic society and what we are going to have to willingly walk away from and it's going to be hard okay it's going to be difficult there's going to be choices that that are made by free will to opt into or opt out of a satanic society now this is it this is this is this is it in a whole this is our society in a whole this is you'll see that they've put these these up in the around cities and around around satanic temples and and this is their god okay this is what they believe in this is the way they're they're trying to distort man and they've just created this hideous creature there's there's multiple layers to it that i'm not going to go into and i really honestly can't go into it all that well because i i haven't just sat in there and studied baphomet and all the different aspects and and things behind it but i can tell you that it is a representation 
of of a perverted man and and basically what the devil wants to do to man if you want to look at it like that um the caduceus which is a symbol of first of all it's it's an it's an old symbol of commerce and money and as well it's a symbol of the medical and healthcare and so you see they've got basically the whole system kind of lined up in Satanism. And I'll tell you that all the secular religions are also Satanism, okay? And they've gotten, as I've shown you, our food and water is just purely engulfed in Satanism. So you're starting to maybe see now that if money, period, is Satanism, okay? And, I, you know, it's a Satanic ideology. And it's presented to us, and then it turns into worship, and it turns into, I mean, just this, this insatiable lust for it. And the healthcare and the medicine, that's, I mean, I, we've covered that. I've, I've gone over enough of that that I hope most people can realize that the Satanists live in the hospitals. That's where they go. That's where they get their tissues. It's where they get their fluids. It's where they get abortions. It's where they get to kill people. It's where they get to do weird medical shit to people. They get off on this stuff, folks. It's not that they are doing it and they're enjoying it, okay? So just realize this. This is, we, we're living in a fucked up society and we're going to have to do some hard, hard soul searching and hard action changing on our own parts to change this thing, okay? So these next three slides um, I borrowed from Mark Passio. Um, and his podcast uh, where he talks about Satanism, which, like I said, I'm just going over this very briefly. If you want a real in-depth uh, discussion about Satanism, uh, check out his podcast series and specifically episode 214 and 215. And then also demystifying the occult in his video section. So masters and slaves, you can see how the pyramid works. We all know this pyramid. Uh, it's, it's actually, oh, and look, I've got it on me. And I, I, I will do an, uh, an episode about this, too, because uh, not, all, not all of the symbols mean evil, okay? I'm not going to go into that right now. But as it's used in Freemasonry and, and other, uh, other symbology, um, y you've obviously got the masters at the top and the slaves at the bottom, and ideally one master at the top. At least that's what we're told, what we're led to believe. And as you can see, um, as, it, as it moves on, that's really more how it— how it accurately should be represented, okay? We know that that's us at the bottom. It's always us at the bottom. Um, and I'll show you that not necessarily. And I'll show you what we've done, which is why it is the way it is. It's a big part of why it is the way it is. So above us, we've got the religions and the banks and the television and the, and the, and the um, um, corporations. Above that, you've got the big banks, the world banks. And above them, you've got basically the top of it in this world, in, in our reality, human being-wise, uh, you've got Mecca and Jerusalem and the Vatican, and you've got those secular religions and the people that run those, and that's, that's the top here, okay? Now, um, I'll get to that in a little bit because I've got some more pyramids that I want to show you that I think pretty accurately show how, how things are, are really the, the real pyramid structure. So we'll look at one more where it basically takes us and it puts us as masters at the bottom again, see? And that would be us lording and mastering and ruling over the animal kingdom in the way that we do. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole diatribe here about hunting versus what we've done to the meats that you find in the supermarket. You should be able to figure that part out yourself and, and understand that hunting an individual animal is not what I'm talking about here. That's a, and, and beyond that, that's a, that's a relationship between you and the creator, and you have to discuss that, and that's between you and him. I'm talking about mass 
terrorization and slaughter of, of animals for our own personal consumption and use. That is what we have done there at the bottom that you see. We have turned them, in the animals that is, into slaves. Not just used them for our food because God said we could. We, have, we are now torturing and enslaving and ruling over an entire class of animals. Multiple, multiple races of animals. And so, because that's the case, we're always going to be enslaved. Now, also notice at the top there, the people at the top that we think, those Pope and the, and the, and the, the people that I mentioned, they're slaves. They are big-time slaves, okay? Let's look at this. Here's one pyramid of several that I'm going to show you, and it just kind of gives you an idea. You know, you see the eye there at the top, and, and everybody, oh, that's Lucifer, and, and okay. Um, but it, it just gives you a kind of a good layout. You just look at it for a minute and, and take a minute and just look at, okay, you got the debt slaves at the bottom. Yeah, of course, that's us. And then you've got the, like I said, the religions and even the military, the education, the media, and the corporations. That's all kind of your next main level. And then you've got the financial control centers, and then the, and then you get into the real hardcore secret societies and secret groups, the, the Club of Rome and the the roundtable groups, trilateral commission, Council on Foreign Relations, uh, the United Nations, etc. Then you get the Committee of Three Hundred, which is now you're starting to talk about um, high level, high high money, uh, uh, family type people, and then the Crown of Council of Thirteen is, is uh, the bloodline families, the thirteen bloodlines. And that, re that relates to, yes, the lizards. And then you've got the Pope at the top. So here's another, here's another version so that you can realize when we're talking about Satanism on, on the level that we're going to see it in our society, it doesn't necessarily involve all the warlocks and the witches and the magic and all the craziness that I know most people will associate with Satanism. Though that does exist, and so does the idea of the demons and demonology and using demons to possess yourself and to possess others and to gain things from it. That's all, that's all aspects and avenues up the pyramid of, of what you know, they've listed here as the Illuminati structure, which is a crap term because those people are definitely not illuminated. They have secret hidden knowledge, but they are not illuminated. So this is all top-down control type stuff, okay? And... And so I'm going to let you look at this, this one. This, I, I feel that this pyramid right here, um, and I'm not going to la linger on it too long, but you, you see, I, I don't, you know, whatever, the, the Committee of 300 and the Council of 13 is down there towards the bottom. And then I believe that those are really kind of interchangeable with the Bilderbergers. And it just is what it is. You get to the Vatican, uh, Roman Catholic Church, um, and that's probably, like I said, that's, that's about the top of our world. Now, above them, they're slaves to the people on level three there, the lower level malevolent extraterrestrials, which, by the way, can also mean ones that live inside the earth. So read that as that. The Dracos and the Reptilians, that's right. People, there really are lizards, like in the movie V or the TV show V or whatever. There just really are. And I know that might be hard for people to wrap their heads around. And, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. And he's crazy. And uh, whatever. It's, it's just do your research and look into it. And it's just where it goes. Beyond that, there's a next level of malevolent ETs. that, And, and there's probably more than that even. Multiple different types of ETs. And there's also going to be good guys here, too, realizing. This is just showing you the bad. And then beyond that, you've got the archons, and which would be demons, right? Which is what, when we're talking about anarchy, 
an archon without archons, without rulers. Yeah, that's what anarchy means. Anyway, then you've got the highest level malevolent extraterrestrials who literally exist and feed off of fear, death, pain, suffering, misery, and sacrifices. And they're controlling the archons even. So a type 2 civilization level consciousness beings that, that are just ragingly I don't, powerful, I guess. I don't know what you would say. Just high-level dimensional beings that have through, have convinced us down through the pyramid all free will decision that we've opted into for them to just take us over and use us like batteries. It's why the Matrix came out, because that was always the plan. The plan came from extra-dimensional beings, and it was given to humans to then promote and put onto us. It's just what happened. So here's another cool pyramid. I just like it. Um, and again, it's just kind of more of the same. It just shows you how it's laid out. I, and again, folks, please look at where the beliefs and religion and the media and schools are because that's that's real stuff, dude. It's the the religions are are were given to us by dark occultists that have truth embedded in them and are meant to steer you astray. They're meant to lock up your consciousness in a box and keep it from experiencing the great true freedom that it was intended for. So one last thing I want to point out here is if we're not believing yet that Satanism is rampant in our society and that that is just what we are, I want to point out that you can go and find a place in LA called the Cannibal Club. You can Google this at.org or .com, one of the two. And look at this here. Specializing in the preparation of human meat, Cannibal Club brings the cutting edge of experimental cuisine to the refined palates of L.A.'s cultural elite. Our master chefs hail from around the world. They have to because they'd be killed or put in prison for the opportunity to practice their craft free of compromise and unbounded by convention. Our exclusive clientele includes noted filmmakers, intellectuals, and celebrities. Of course, the rat pigs that live in Hollywood who have embraced the enlightenment ideals, look at that, of free expression and rationalism. What, they have to rationalize their eating people on event nights, whatever, performers and whatever, more crap. So, and another one, look at this. This is their the cuisine part, Okay. Collaborating with visiting cooks from around the world, again, yeah. These people regularly update their menu uh, with their culinary experience. The meats we serve are selected from the young and healthy. Consistent with the practice of cannibalism in many primitive societies, we view anthropophagy as homage to the dead who are reborn into the bodies of their consumers. See, these people have weird religions and they're pushing them out on us and we're to just take it because that's their religion. And they're eating children in front of us, and they say so. So until we stop this kind of stuff, and it's just outrageous, I know, but it's there, and this is real, and this is by far not the only one. There's many more. And think about the ones. This is out in the open. Imagine the shit that's underground that we don't know about. So I'm just saying we have to wake up, folks. We have to wake up, and we have to realize that this is not going to go away on its own. It's going to get worse and fester, and we can do something about it. So I'm going to just leave us with that, and we're going to get into my next set of, uh, well, my next uh, interview with Jamie J. 
and it's going to be great. So thank you for watching this, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. Um, I have with me today my friend Jamie J, and she is, uh, for all intents and purposes, an expert, uh, as far as I'm concerned, on satanic ritual abuse and the subjects surrounding that. Um, she's done a lot of research, and she knows this subject quite well. So I figured on the tail end of my previous podcast, I would have her on to come share what she knows about this and give some insight to those of you watching who have never heard about this. And we can maybe understand a little bit more about what's going on all around us and potentially be able to help those of us that we find that have been victims of this. So Jamie, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just kind of, uh, open-endedly uh, maybe discuss what what satanic ritual abuse is and potentially why why it's so prevalent um so satanic ritual abuse is basically a way to traumatize somebody in order to um, make them dissociative um, which some people may be familiar with the term multiple personality disorder that's called dissociative identity disorder now. Um, but basically um, what it is, is traumatizing an individual so bad in so many ways in order to fragment their mind into sections that are like blank slates that can be programmed. So um, the history of satanic ritual abuse actually goes back basically to the beginning of time. Um, it's mentioned in the Bible it's mentioned um, in some Egyptian texts where they were using hypnosis and trauma to um, mind control people into slavery. Um, there's been sort of this hidden occulted knowledge of how to do this to other human beings in order, in order to enslave them through all of history. Um, and that was sort of kept secret by cults that would do it intergenerationally in families. Um, and it was rather crude methods um, back in the olden days. Like you see some of the like really old witchcraft um, would be combined with the traumatizing of individuals. Um, and then those methods really got refined after World War II, after Joseph Mengele got to have basically unlimited test subjects to do research on how to basically make it a perfect science. Like how many seconds to hold the head underwater? Like, you know, how many exactly, um, how many shots of electricity, like to a T, like, and he kept very meticulous records and he basically put it into a perfect science. Um, but they still were taking the old knowledge and just basically um, making it scientific. And then once that um, information was uh, put into a method, it was like highly sought after. So after World War II, when Joseph Mengele, um, was um, brought over through Project Paperclip, he was able to train other trainers, which are basically um, mostly psychiatrists is who he would train to use these more scientific methods to do it. Although um, it has been really um, mechanized and, and based on trauma, but because in the human being, we all have um, like in our psyche, these kind of, um, like the satanic ritual abuse just will work on any human. Like it kind of plays on those primal fears, like whether you're religious or not. Like um, if you took a child to anything that had a satanic theme to it, it's going to be in that archetypal memory where it's going to be terrifying to them. Just the same that we're all scared of spiders and snakes. Sure. Um, 
does that kind of <laughs> yeah answer just like in general sort of what it is mm-hmm. so um i guess what i would what i would ask out of that is uh, is it predominantly f- familial and these these things carry on through the families or or do you are there outsiders that get pulled into this or is it pretty much in the family type of a thing um, it started off really intergenerational, um, and it was highly occulted. Like it was just certain families that would do it and keep it very, very hidden. Um, but once Joseph Mangala started training trainers, it, I mean, people paid a lot of money for this, like including military intelligence, um, the mafia, um, human traffickers, like, um, there, there's many different factions that use satanic ritual abuse. Um, it's not just one person, like, it's not just Satanists that know how to use it. Like, um, so it, it used to be just intergenerational, but now they've pulled people out of the general public um, more and more, actually. So um, it may be uh, somebody that could be like a neighbor and could have access to somebody in their neighborhood to take a child and do the satanic ritual abuse on them and their own family wouldn't even know about it. And then there's more kind of widespread um, like government, CIA, military level programs where they're taking like um a lot of people out of the general public, out of daycares, and um, they even breed people specifically for it. So like they've definitely increased it in mass. And then um, they kind of use the techniques on all of us as well, too. But I mean, not the severe where you would be taken and programmed um, from birth. Yeah, wow. That's uh, I mean, that w- Oh, of course, they would would want to do that They're, They can create super soldiers, right? Or you can create people that have uh memory stores of things that they don't even know that they have right right and, so uh, a person who's been satanically satanically ritually abused um does not know that they've been satanically ritually abused until they start to regain their memories which may or may not happen in their lifetime uh so the person that has been programmed and has dissociative identity disorder has no idea like they only um know what's in their conscious ego state so Um, everything is hidden from them as well. So um, some people will regain their memories usually around like the age of 30 to 40 would be like the timeframe when um, there's biochemical brain changes, which um, it's harder to keep somebody dissociative to themselves at that point, especially if they're not constantly um, reinforced by anchors in their environment to reinforce the programming. Um, So we kind of just naturally seem to, what wake up a little bit at 30 to 40 just as, yeah, as, there is, as, is that like it, yeah. maybe like a safety thing that humans have built in or something like that? I don't know. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, dissociation actually is a survival mechanism. So um, like basically um, like God made that as, as a safety mechanism in our brain so that when there's trauma that's so severe that it would actually cause like a psychic shattering or somebody to go insane, or it's just uh, trauma beyond belief. Basically the mind just restarts on a blank state. And so that protects the person from experiencing the trauma consciously, although the subconscious always knows and the body always knows as well. Um, but basically it's a, it's a safety mechanism for somebody to be able to continue to survive. So um like in children, the stuff that they do to them is like incomprehensible, incomprehensible just because the child doesn't even have like a concept of what things are. And so, yeah, they're sort of embedded in a human, um, like around the age of 30, when somebody would have like maybe the maturity to be able to process things is kind of seems when stuff comes up and it can also be related to the environment. So, um, 
somebody who constantly lives in trauma is less likely to start to remember things than somebody who is living in safety. Um, and I mentioned this in, my, in one of the videos I did before is love and safety is what makes the subconscious be like, okay, now I can start bringing some stuff up because it's, it's safe to do. So it's not going to overwhelm the person and cause them to go insane. And the subconscious has an intelligence of its own. Like it will bring up a little bit at a time instead of just bombarding all at once. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so is there some specific reason that age 30 to 40, uh, I, I guess maybe that's kind of where I was going with a safety mechanism. Is that something that maybe because of, because when I was 30, that's, that's, I had a, a, like my own awakenings and I had a much greater understanding. Cause you know, when you're 20, you're like, Oh, I, I, I know everything now. I'm good. I'm smart as shit. I got it. And uh, then you hit 30 and you go, wow, I was really still super dumb. And then maybe that's your first inkling, at least it was for me, that, wow, I really know nothing. And then I felt like I was learning something because I knew I knew nothing. <laughs> so does that just yeah. maybe help? that has to be some part of playing into to like almost a gift from God? Like even <laughs> if this did happen to you your whole life, at some point, you're, there will be a change where you, at least it's possible to, to know that this happened to you. Yeah. And in the West, we don't really have a name for it, but sometimes I call it like a second puberty where it's sort of time stamped to happen at a certain age, just like puberty is like, it's just, it's going to, it's in your DNA and it's going to happen at a certain age. It's going to start. Mm -hmm. um, and that there's something that sort of happens around the age 30 as well. There's not a lot of information on it or like, I, I don't know an actual technical name for it, but other cultures tend to recognize it like more Eastern cultures and stuff. They do know that there is a different change at that age. So um, like, it's definitely in all humans to sort of have that um, perceptual change in the brain. And, and it really is biochemical. Like it's, it's the same as puberty. Like there's actually um, neurotransmitters and biological changes in your mind that like actually changes your perception of things. And like, it, hmm. it seems to just sort of be like clockwork. And so you can see um, in Hollywood and stuff, like some of these stars have like a nervous breakdown around the age of 30, or they commit suicide, or they're killed, or like, um, so um, just something to note when you see um, things happening is to note the age of the person, because it, it may be an indicator that they were going through something that was becoming available to their conscious mind at that age. Hmm. Yeah. Oddly enough, it, it makes me think of, uh, I, I believe it's age 27 that, that all the rockers die at. And 27 club. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe... Uh, maybe they were taken out before they got there or something. There was some sort of deal made and it's like, yeah, I still get them while they're before they hit their second thing or whatever. I don't know. 27. It's just an odd age and it's before 30. And, and, uh, that just seems to be, there's something about that, that, uh, I don't know, perhaps, uh, perhaps somebody has figured out a little bit more about that and I can find it one day, but, um, it just seems interesting to me. Um, right. so Satanists like to control everything. So, um, like they, they consider these, um, these people that they program, they consider them like their creation and their projects and their property. And um, basically um, they would be at sort of the peak around 27. And, and then there would be that chance for them to start remembering things and to sort of disintegrate as they're integrating. So um, a Satanist would, would love to kill that person at that age, at the peak of what they've created and, and then get rid of them before there could be any decline in their creation. It's very common. Wow. So it's like a, it's a disposable phone then <laughs> they're there to them. It's something that they can use for a little bit and then just toss it. Right. And, and that's, that, that goes in line with what Satanism is just pure selfishness. Um, but on a point of taking someone's, I, I just can't imagine the spiritual ramifications that these people are going to have to endure at some point. I, I just don't want to be them. 
Um, and, and so, yeah, it's just unbelievable. So let's, let's talk about how, because I know people are going to see this and go, ah, it's just, if I was to just simply state what I feel, how, how prevalent this is, it would be a, it would be a fantastical realization that I would be stating. And so how can, because I'm guaranteeing that this goes on a lot more than, than what people think. And, and they're all around you there. You shake hands with them once in a while, let's say that. And how can that be? Uh, and I know, you know, kind of where they've inserted themselves uh, in society and it would make sense, right? Like if you're a group that wants to do things that in involves a uh, human, a any part of a human being, right? So any body tissues or fluids or anything like that, let's see, where would you want to work? Maybe the medical industry as a whole. And then if you're messing with people's minds and there's a potential that they can get better, maybe you would also put some of your team in the places where people would go to get better mentally, right? So I'll just kind of maybe let you talk about that a little, like how prevalent those areas are and, and what other areas that, that you know that these people have kind of gotten into so that we can see how, how could this be possible? How is there really Satanism everywhere? Um, yeah, I mean, that's one of their main um, MOs is to infiltrate. So it doesn't really help if there's a bunch of Satanists sitting around by themselves somewhere um, and like they need to infil infiltrate all institutions. Um, so basically um, they'll take people from birth and program them for whatever position they want them to go into and then embed them in each in, in each organization so that basically there is a spider web across the earth where they've been or an octopus, whatever you want to call it, um, where they basically implanted themselves everywhere um, so that they can have influence through relationship and, and through um, positions of power. So they prime people from a very young age to go into different organizations like including churches schools medical system uh the mental health system um politics like i mean pr pretty much i wouldn't think there's really anywhere that they wouldn't infiltrate like they want to have somebody embedded in each area and um, so you see that even with with the masons like they have a temp uh, a temple or whatever they call it uh, mason hall in every single town like i've been to towns where like driven through little towns where there's like 30 people and there's a Mason hall there. Like they've mm -hmm. literally taken the time to leave no town untouched to have a little satellite for proxy in each town. Yeah. I've been through towns that are just like that. It's like, well, they didn't, they, they managed to get a Masonic temple built. That's, you know, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, here's another thing too, because some people will see this and I know some Masons and they're not evil. They're not all evil. And I would suggest that those are the dupes. If you truly know a Mason who thinks he's, you know, worshiping God and, and, but, but he's in this club to do, to do some sort of beneficial thing for the society. I, I'm not exactly sure how they sell it to them, but I, I know it's something along those lines. Uh, they're dupes. They, they just don't realize what, what they've gotten themselves into. And I would go as far as to say a philosophy can't be, you, you can't necessarily be evil because you're, you're in a group of people and say, you don't know, but the people at the top do know. And that's really kind of what I'm talking about. So the dupes are down there doing their thing. Yeah, glad handing and getting deals in business. That's ultimately what they think they're getting out of it. And the people at the top are worshiping Lucifer as a as as the true God and and bringing in this this system that we're watching unfold and potentially building an army. Right. I mean, that's kind of what this whole thing is like, uh, you know, we see on all the movies and all the stuff where they they prepare us and program us to the idea of literal zombies running around wanting to eat brains. And um, 
we've got people that have multiple personalities that don't know they have this and can potentially be awakened at some point and act like a horde of zombies. Is that, is that real? Is that something? Yeah. I mean, that is basically, um, if you really want to understand that, I would recommend that everybody read Russ Dizdar's book, The Black Awakening. He really explains um, basically the program that's been put in place and basically exactly what you're talking about, like where they basically um, backbred as many people as they could and implanted them in strategic positions. Like, And we're almost going into the fourth generation now of people since World War II that would be like fourth generational program multiples that have been embedded in society. Um, and the thing about um, Satanists is they they will always invite anybody to join their club in the outer circles because it helps to give them legitimacy and then they can also harness your energy. So um, like people may think that they're working for an organization or a member of a club, but like so they'll use you up for whatever you're good for. But you're never actually going to be um, in the inside, in the inside circle, knowing what's really going on. But they, they again, they don't want to keep their their club really small and private. They want to just have that little club in the middle of another club, in the middle of another club, in the middle of another club, because it all adds layers to help mystify it. But they're also harnessing the energy in. So like with the Masons or any any group, right? Like um, you may work at a nonprofit and think it's a good humanitarian organization. Um, and a lot of those are just fronts for other things as well. Right. So mm -hmm. you'll see um, groups like the Masons have like a lot of charity work they do. Um, you know, they're, like I said, they got a hand in everything and that's really, a, that's a social engineering plan they've had forever is to infiltrate every organization, whether it's the Boy Scouts or, I mean, like just everything it's everywhere. I've heard uh, from a friend who, who has, talked to some people let's just say that and he was a he was a satanist and he had told me that uh he knew people that uh, and i'm kind of referring to where you talked about getting in the club right um as far as i know like getting into the club and this is even like the beginning of who you know where it goes but you murder a child okay that's at least the story i was told that's how it goes you get into the club once you've murdered a child and you you know like they got home from work one day and the dudes were in their house and they said let's go down to the basement and they went down to the basement and there was a girl an eight-year-old girl tied up and they were told you know she's a problem and we need you to get rid of her and then real quick you know if you're that guy who's being handed the knife you realize uh if you say no <laughs> there's two dudes in there with knives right and so it's kind of like, yeah, you're to do this now. And now you're in the club. And to my understanding, you have done something so atrocious that you have literally pushed God out of your life. You are saying, I am done with you. I, I, am, I will murder children. And God will go, okay. And now you can come into their club because they don't want you bringing any of that energy around them when you really get into their inner circle. Uh, you know, and that's, it's hard for people to quite wrap their head around, but that's, that's what, that's who we're dealing with people. That's who it, we're dealing with people that traffic children. They, 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 their currency is children. And this, this is just kind of a, a precursor to that. And, and this is the stuff that gets done to children that, that puts them in these States, this, this uh, ritual abuse. Um, so people can have multiple multiples. Is that right? Like they could have multiple personalities within within themselves and can that be set up like on purpose can they go in and say well we're going to make this person into four and then um and then i'll give you a, another thing to maybe discuss in there because i heard you mention it previously in a podcast 
where you talked about demons actually being inserted almost like a program and saying, oh, at this level, we, it would be good to have a demon so that if this happens, then this happens. So would you maybe want to talk about that a little? Yeah, so um, programming could be unlimited. So it depends really what the programmer wants. And there's different programs they have. And like they do have specific um like well used programs that they use for a long time that work really well and they kind of do the same thing every time. And, and there's a few of those different ones that different groups use. Um, so basically there's horizontal splits and then there's a vertical split. So like um, a person may have front altars, they may have four, right? So they may have four people that, um, you know, somebody could even be married to them and maybe wouldn't notice the difference between those four people if they were switching between the front altar state. Wow. And then you would have behind those four people, you would have uh, vertical splits. So then you would have a whole bunch of altars that are only attached to that one of the four front altars and, and so on and so on and so on. So it's, it becomes like a cubed matrix where, and, and they have to keep really good records of this. Like they do have computer programs and like black books like, and stuff on people so that they know how to access the programs because it, it could get really confusing if you didn't know how to access them. And most parts of the program need to be accessed a certain way. Like you may only get to a, a really low down vertical altar, like through so many horizontal altars in the begin in the beginning, if that makes sense. But it's, it's quite a complicated matrix. Like, uh, I guess an example of it would be like um, from Star Trek, like seven of nine, like that could be kind of like, um, so one of the fault front altars might be named Fred, but there might be nine Freds behind that altar. And then, right. So, and each one of them would be dissociated from the other one and would have just one specific purpose. Um, altars can be very complex. Like, so the front four would almost be like full personalities because um, they're so outside, um, inside the body, sorry I'm not explaining this right so they would be like inhabiting the body in the conscious mind so much that they would kind of have a normal life where they would have a lot of experience in the conscious mind enough to be like a full personality whereas other altars that are um, embedded below those and the deeper you go it may be just like a very small fragment of a personality and the only thing it's programmed to do is is lift its hand and pull a trigger and like that's all it does like repetitively stuck in time forever so like if somebody was programmed to do a murder it's not going to be one of the full personalities in the front that does it. It's going to be an altar way, way down that only has the memory of pulling a trigger, nothing else. It doesn't have a memory of childhood. It doesn't have any type of like preferences or memories or like thoughts or feelings or anything. It's just that one little piece. It's a so, robot. It's a robot. It is a robot. Yeah. And, uh. and also, so like when they use people to do things like assassinations, like there might've been 17 altars involved in that executing that one operation, right? And they're all dissociated from each other and they could pass a lie detector test and none of them know about what the other one did. Like one, one gets the suitcase, one gets on the plane, one gets the gun, one pulls the trigger. Like it's not like that person who did it has full knowledge even within themselves of what they did. It's all kept separate. Wow, that's like uber compartmentalization. That's crazy. Right. And then compartmentalization of the compartments and so on and so on and so wow. on. And it's really unlimited. But I mean, if you went too far, I mean, what's the point? Right. So they normally do like enough and then that they can keep track of it. Um, and then they like some, you know, a lot of the altars in the bottom are like really deep and really dark and they um, are just put to sleep and they really only would come up for one purpose. Whereas like some of the altars closer to the front would be out in the body a lot of the time and, and have like a full life and, and be more like a, like a person. But So what happens to the original? 
What happens to, you know, Stacy or whoever gets starts? And then does she ever, is she in there anymore or is she, how, what happens to her? Um, it's kind of a hard question because like different people that have written books feel differently about that because basically like we're born with a core essence, which is our soul, which is like what we are in God. Like that is our real self. Um, and that's as a, as an infant, you have that essence, right? That's, that's really you. That's really your personality. That's really your spirit. Um, and so when they program children from really, really young and destroy basically destroy their spirit and do soul murder on them, like repetitively for their whole life, they never actually get to form into like one cohesive person because it's interfered with. So, um, that little core self is really like a little preverbal infant um, and it, it stays there within the person. So um, if somebody were to recover all of their memories, it's not like all of a sudden that little infant is going to be like a whole person that's lived a whole life. So um, it, it's kind of like a play on words sometimes when people say, oh, you got to get to the core self and, and that's the core personality because that personality never really gets to develop when you're, um, abused from childhood. So that S, but the essence is still there and that essence is still you. And that can be integrated into the other altars and like, it can become a whole person altogether, but there wouldn't be like one complete personality that would be the real one. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does for sure. And, and, you know, I know you've talked about how this stuff starts happening, even in the womb, they start doing this stuff to, to these kids because they've they've researched it down to that level to the point where these people will have kids to do this to them. And so they don't think of them as like, oh, that's my baby and I love it so much. It's like we're making this thing to do this to it to create this robot. Ultimately, that's what they're, we're going to create some super soldiers to go out and do our, our nasty deeds. Yeah, I mean, it's just the same as how we farm animals, right? Like it's like you take the, you, you know, like just doing whatever you need to do to get the result that you need to get. So like, you know, we like neuter them and like whatever, you know, people do domesticate them, neuter them, break their will, break the, breaking in a horse, like whatever, right? Like you see how that's sort of done in farming. And then so like what basically is happening is this is like farming of humans. It's like factory farming where they're like, okay, if we do this, this, and this to the infant and like, to them, it's just like an object. Like it's the same as like, you know, how people might think, oh, there's a million cows or whatever. Right. Like they think that exact same way about little babies. Like they don't see it as a precious human being with a life and value and like, and a source of God, like they, they just see it as, you know, a little baby calf or something that they want to train to be either like a show dog, you know, like say if it was dogs, they'd be like a show dog, or maybe just like a pet or, you know, they have different roles that they want to breed basically humans into being. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's insanity. Um, and, and it is, and, and then that's beyond, that's the ones they do want to keep. Um, and then they, they, they just murder some, they eat some, it's, it's, it's off the charts with what's going on here. And, um, <clears throat> yeah. So I, again, that's why I know some of this stuff's crazy. And a lot of people are just like, Oh, I don't want to even really hear about this. But if we don't focus on this stuff, if we don't bring it to light, it will continue. And so there's, this is something that can't continue. So, and, and ultimately if our awareness gets raised, these people will start to come out. We will have, you know, cause we will see them and then you will, you will have that moment where you go, Oh my God, that's one of them. And I got to do something about it. And, and that's, that's where we're coming to because it's, it's been underground for so long and they've an evil, whatever. We're coming to the end of an age. There's all sorts of the world is going through changes. Evil knows it's time is 
limited and it's so uh, out and about. Let's go get them. And so this is happening, folks, and it's they're not going to slow down or stop at all. We're going to be taken over or we're going to fight back. So that's ultimately why I'm talking about this, because I know it's difficult and um, we need to understand it because just imagine the kids, you know, imagine the kids that have to go through this stuff and imagine the person who's 30 and wakes up and goes, oh, my God, I've been abused my whole life. You know, welcome to tomorrow. You know what I mean? How's the rest of your life going to be now? So um, we have to understand this and, and be able to have some idea of how to help these people and, and help reintegrate and show them that God can, God can heal all of it. And, and so really if I changed that word to say love and acceptance, right, that would heal all of this and it might take time and it might take more than one person even, but this is how we'll do it. And so, yeah, I, um, I don't know. It just yeah, blows right. my mind that this is a real thing. That's all. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I still feel that way. Sometimes I still have to like tell myself that this is real because I feel like I'm reading sci-fi sometimes, even when I'm listening to real um, survivors tell their story, it's just so fantastical. And it it sounds like it's out of a sci-fi movie. And like, I even have a background in psychology and I know how the mind works and I know how memory works and I know how dissociation works. And I like, I know all this, but then it's still just, it's mind blowing um, on a spiritual level. And that this is even like a thing happening in our reality. And it's really important to wake people up to it because it is their greatest secret. Like nothing would be happening in the world right now if they weren't doing SRA on people. Like that's how they get people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. Like um, they have to take somebody from, from birth and interfere with every part of them in order to get them to go along with the evil plan. Like they're not just recruiting some guy down at the bar to come work on their master evil plan with them. Like they have to form them, their army from birth. So this is their greatest secret that like the people involved in it are hiding it from themselves because many of them are dissociative. They don't know. They think they just go to a normal job every day and they don't know that they're going to rituals and that they're involved in this satanic agenda that's going on. And so um, it's really important to expose it because it, it is the biggest secret that is working against us, including within people that are involved in it. Like it, it's, it's none of this would be able to happen without the blackmail, without the dissociation, um, and without the severe traumatization of children. Like none of none of this stuff would be possible on a global scale. And it, they're getting better and better at refining the methods and doing it on a mass scale of more and more people with each generation. So you can see how there's this group of people all over the world that are collaborating together with all the stuff that's going on right now. It's like, um, obviously there's like very many people in many countries that are on the same agenda that all decided to do the same thing at the same time. And that, you know, so like those people were probably embedded like 30, 50, 60 years ago, even like through their generation lines for this kind of grand agenda plan that's going on. So, I mean, yeah, we do need to wake people up and it's hard because if you think of, all of society as you know the macrocosm it's the same thing going on in society that's going on inside of the mind of a dissociative person so like say um you know if you want to think of it as like um our collective mind um of all humanity there's like some people waking up and trying to talk to other people and other people are dissociative like they just can't hear it they don't want it they're shutting down to it and that's exactly what happens inside of the mind of somebody that's been severely traumatized it starts to hide stuff from itself And that's what's happening in our society. So like, 
um, bringing this stuff to light. And I mean, it already is people like nobody even knew what these terms meant, um, you know, 10 years ago. And I know when, um, Pizzagate first happened, I was really excited because I was like, oh, wow, like it's really coming out public because I knew about it way before that. And I thought, oh, like it's really coming out now. And they did such a good job of like squashing it, although people did a really good job of fighting back and not letting them squash it. But um, yeah, I think right now our number one tool is to expose it and to um, just basically encourage more and more survivors to come forward because there's millions of them out there. Um, and what I'm seeing is like, it's like dominoes, like the more people that have courage to come forward and tell their story, which, which I don't think would be possible without the internet, like, because people were so terrified and didn't know who to tell. And now you see all these survivors coming forward and telling their story on the internet. And like so many other survivors are going to see each and every story of every person that comes on. And then they're going to start coming forward. And like, um, it, it's really, I'm seeing like a wave starting of this stuff coming out. So like now I just feel like my job is to help explain it because it is complicated. It's not something that you could just read one book on and be like, okay, this makes sense to me. Like it's, it, it's very intricate the way they do it. It's based on a lot of research and like the people who did it, I, I don't like to give them, you know, pats on the back or anything, but like, it's ingenious, you know, like these people are really intelligent that came up with these methods um, and they were just evil enough to actually do it to get the result that they want. Yeah. So real quick, just to uh, just to throw some speculative guesses around and for all the people that, that, that like hearing this stuff. So is it is it is, then are we working for the reptiles and then are they working for the for the interdimensionals? Is that is that like because who would do this? What human being would want to do some of the things like I, I mean, to me, that's what I've discovered. And, and obviously, I've never seen it. And I haven't had somebody show me that that's what's happening. But I've heard people talk about seeing lizards and I've heard people talk about taking DMT and high doses of hardcore psychedelics, hallucinogens, and discussing plans for building stuff with beings on the other side. Um, so makes sense to me that this is an alien signal that people are responding to, getting taken over by, and then it's just expanding. So this is a frequency, this is a signal, this is, this is evil. This is an evil, evil alien takeover is how I, I like to look at it. And the Bible basically says that's what it is. It doesn't use those terms, but... Um, so ultimately, whether you believe in a specific religion or this or that, there's it can be boiled down very simply that there is good and there is evil. And I don't think belief about any specific idea of that is going to matter so much. It's it's digging down deep within yourself and fighting back against what you know is evil. And that's good. And that's that's kind of where we all have to get to. We have to stop saying, well, he doesn't call God the right thing or he doesn't do this. There are people terrorizing babies. OK, so it's uh, no more fighting. We got to come together and say, all right, let's group up and stop this shit. Um, and I, I, that's just my whole point. I feel like God's going to remove his his presence on this planet if we allow this to just keep going. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It's just yeah, I mean, it's, I agree. And it's, um, it's hard right now, because um, when it comes to satanic ritual abuse, it's really hard to um, talk to people without people getting triggered and thinking that it's about, um, you know, Christianity, or, and, and that can be a barrier for people. And um, even talking about reptilians, that can be a barrier for another group of people. And, um, you know, everybody kind of has their own ideas. And the thing is about satanic ritual abuse is it encompasses all of it. So it's really difficult to kind of talk about it with people because they, they don't really, 
want to understand it unless you're explaining it to them in their own terms. So, um, I mean, and I think you're right about whatever you want to call um, interdimensionals. Like, I mean, there's lots of stuff out there people can research on their own and I don't want to tell anybody what to believe, but I think there's a, a lot of really good material for people that want to look into that. And like, you're right. It's, it's in so many different texts from every single culture. Um, and I think it's just becoming so obvious right now that this isn't um, a human agenda because it's completely anti-human. So basically what's happened is um, a certain segment of humans basically believe they're not human anymore and are persecuting humans as though they're not us, even though they're part of us, which is completely inverted. And so the only way that can happen is if they believe they're not us. And, and that can really only happen if something else is interfering with them that they identify with. So you see this really high level Satanist. And when, I mean, I, people throw that term around all the time, but I mean, the people that are closest to the next dimension, they know that they're telepathically communicating with interdimensionals that are giving them all the information to, to do below. And when you kind of go down the hierarchy of Satanism, that may become less and less of what people believe until you get down to like kind of the bottom, which would be like Levian Satanism, um, you know, that doesn't really think too much about that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it is important to understand that human beings and I know people are going to be touchy about this too. I don't want to say that humans are, are evil, but like humans have all potential inside of them. Right. So um, all humans have the potential for evil. It doesn't mean that they will um, exemplify that potential, mm -hmm. uh, but it's there. And under the right circumstances, it will present itself. So um, like you see that in biblical terms, like talking about like that all humans are sinners or, you know what I mean? So, and people get really triggered by that term and disagree with it. But like, um, basically, um, in order to make a human being exemplify that potential for evil, it's normally going to be through trauma. And so the people that do this trauma to children, I mean, in order for somebody to do that, they have to be dissociative so far themselves. And when I use the term dissociation, like normally that's referring to amnesia, where you have no um, access to any information in your mind, like including memories or um, you have no knowledge of it available to your conscious mind. But people can also become dissociative, like in their thoughts and their feelings and um, their emotions and their actions and even like in their physical body. So um, somebody may be like uh, flooded with a feeling of rage and not have any conscious thought in their head of where that feeling is viscerally coming from because it's dissociated from the thought. So um, also people who abuse, like they have to dissociate from their own guilt and shame about being abusers in order to do that. So um, every person that's contributing to this agenda is dissociative and dis deceived on some level, because if they really had full conscious awareness of what they were doing, that would include being empathic and feeling extremely horrible for what they've done. So the fact that they can do it tells you that they're also dissociative, even if it's not just in their memory, it's, it may just be from their emotions and they can program people that way. They can program people to have their memories, but not have their guilt and shame. And so basically when they program these people and they're dissociative up until about the age of 30, and then they want, what they really want is for you to willfully do evil. 
So they can get a person to do evil unknowingly if they're programmed and dissociated from themselves, that's easy to program in them into like an evil robot. But what they really want is for people to do it willingly. So around the age of 30, if they don't kill people or shut down their programming and just let them kind of have the memory of one altar, they may want them to actually join the cult consciously, um, even at a younger age than that. And during that time, they do what's called a strategic integration, where they can integrate the memories, but they can still keep dissociative the actual pain, right? And the actual guilt, and they can keep that all separate. They have it down to a perfect science. So somebody might have memory of like, oh, I was satanically ritually abused, but they're not experiencing the, the trauma from it anymore because that's kept separate from them. So they could just think it was fine. You know, they could think it was fine that happened to them and that now they're fine and now they can do it to somebody else. Wow. That's, uh, that, that's just, that, that's new to me about that. Um, real quick, let's go back. Um, they program demons into people. Yes. They can program demons into certain areas of, Oh, I'm waking up. Right. Right. So not only are people, um, possessed by interdimensionals that are working through them in order to even give them the programming technology, like like I would think it'd be pretty safe to say that Joseph Mengele was possessed by a demon in order to do what he did. Um, so that demon would have worked through him to, in order to get the information and then be able to teach other people the information in this dimension. And then also giving um, like the Nazis and other occultists knowledge of how to um, communicate with interdimensionals. And so um, interdimensionals taught people how to commune with interdimensionals. And that's why really you shouldn't trust them because even though these people think, oh yeah, I can conjure up this demon and as long as I keep it in the circle, it's like subject to my will and I can control it. Well, maybe the demon's just convincing you of that so that you bring it through and it's going to let you think that you're controlling it, but maybe you're not. And then maybe it's mind controlling you because where do you think this mind control technology came from? Like you don't, think that the people who are doing it are also being mind controlled by interdimensionals. So the same technology that they're using on humans, they consider beneath them, they're actually on, under mind control themselves from interdimensionals. And so the demonology aspect of the programming is really important because demons have an intelligence. And so they, they know how to keep the program in place, apply reward and punishment internally. Um, like demons work in multiple ways. So they can like um, implant thoughts, feelings, they can interfere with your nervous system. They can, um, they can block memory. They can uh, make you fall asleep. They can inject ideas into your head. Um, they can take over and animate the body and make you do something that you wouldn't normally do where you're just watching in the background. Um, they can piggyback on your brainwaves. They can work through other people like to attack you through others, which would be like demonic gang stalking. Um, they can work through technology. They can, um, they can take stuff from your memory and um, like in sort of a PTSD type of way, they can make you, um, like they can just re keep replaying your trauma, like just keep pushing the button over and over again, like which could be like nightmares or keeping you up all night or just replaying in your head, like something you're ashamed of from 20 years ago that you just, like they'll just keep like bringing it up to you and bringing it up to you and bringing it up to you. I mean, they can do all kinds of stuff like that for uh, punishments to people. Wow, so just like what we see in the movies. 
it's funny they they tell us stuff in the movies people and and that's that 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 gives them a way to go oh plausible deniability like in how they're selling it because they're like no one's going to believe they'll they'll go oh it's in a movie yeah that's real you know and and what a clever way to disguise it also metaphysically these people tell us what they're doing to us and uh and i've found that yeah they want willingness and and almost they have to have willingness on some some aspect of certain things that's why they've not forced these uh these jabs on people yet because um they want willingness they want you to willingly do all of it and um yeah it's just like the movies so truly um rewatch things and know that like when they consult doctors for sh tv shows like house and that kind of thing they consult obviously it's hollywood so themselves for the crazy satanic shit they put in these movies they do this stuff that's why they're so good at presenting it in a in a film format so just just food for thought for people to to realize that's that's out there and that's what they're doing is showing us they're saying hey this is real <laughs> Right. I think it's really important, the whole concept of free will, especially what's going on right now. And you, you gave a really good example of the job. Like people think that they're forcing it, but it's like, actually, they're not. They're just making you think they are. And then you're of your own free will complying because you think you have to. And that's um, another way that demons work is they lie. Right. So um, they don't interfere with your free will either. Like they don't actually like there has to be a level of consent for them to even like be able to interfere with you. So, and you may do that even unconsciously, but they, they aren't allowed to interfere with free will. So um, what, but they are allowed to um, lie. So basically it's the think, feel, act, right? So um, they can make you believe all kinds of things and get you to go and do things of your free will. So I think people really start need to start paying attention to that in their own life because it feels a lot of times like we don't have choices and like, that's never actually true. You always have a choice. Like in every single, like you might not like either one. They might both be really bad, but like there's always an act of a will in every situation. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's, well, do I, do I do what I'm told or do I lose my job? Maybe that job is something you've been clinging to. How many people can actually say they love what they do, honestly? So like if, if somebody's coming to you and it's like, uh, I've determined I'm not going to do this. And then they came to me and said, I'm going to be fired if I don't. So I went ahead and did it. And it's a life altering, mind altering, DNA altering thing. Maybe that job's not worth all that, you know, I, I, it's just, but yes, it's, it's very much free will. And I'm going to use that as a chance to segue into the idea that I think a lot of this and, and down to individual people who are good, right? People who are good. Sex is how this stuff gets in folks. This comes through sex. That's why everything in our society right now is all weird tranny shit. That's not normal. 20 years ago, that was never discussed. They were out there and we all knew about it and it was not a big deal. And now it's like the biggest thing that there is. Uh, look at the Baphomet statue. Look at porn. Look at where th I, I mean, ultimately, SRA involves sex. Uh, I mean, this is corruption of sex is somehow like to me it's like where it all comes from it's one of your lowest chakras um i've i've heard other researchers say they've talked to people who have seen you know, reptilian demon interdimensional things attached to humans at the second chakra like saw a visible energy beam that attached people to the demon thing that was following them around it's like and that makes so much sense. I mean, you can you can feel kundalini energy if you study anything about kundalini energy. You you can you can truly feel it a, a, as you're having an orgasm, and so all that energy is very real. 
they're using us like batteries. Again, going back to the idea of movies, the matrix is telling you what is up. So rewatch it and go, oh, now I kind of get it. And uh, the new one's coming out uh, this year. So that'll be fun to watch too. <laughs> I'm getting slightly off topic, but uh, again, just. Uh, no, it's it's not off to- topic at all, Jonathan. It's actually a really big part of the topic. And so like a big part of, where do I start here? So a big part of SRA is sexual abuse and defilement and inversion and, and, and sexual trauma, which can include every horrible thing you could possibly imagine um, from bestiality to like um, whatever you can imagine, right. add 10 times to it. They've done, they do it all because right. that's a, one of the easiest ways to split a mind. Um, and also like within the chakra system, like they start sexually abusing babies, like really, really young because um, it actually just activates those chakras as well to like open them up to programming. Like, so like they'll do like, I don't want to be like super graphic on here because go ahead. Be it is. It's what it is. Be graphic. If we need to hear it. But I mean, even like they, they have, okay. Like they, like they basically have like, for an example, they have like these little kits of basically, um, like little tiny rods that go up in size and they'll start inserting them into infants, like boys and girls, anally and vaginally, like, you know, going up in size, like every couple of weeks, like to stretch them out. Um, and then basically because they want to be able to basically penetrate them, but like before they're even two years old. And so they can't just do that unless they like basically start abusing them, like from infancy. Um, and like, even just, touching in that area is going to like activate certain like biochemical things in the child that like, I mean, it's not going to be interpreted as sexuality, but like this, like that that stuff's not even supposed to be activated until I said like in puberty, like it's time stamped for like at a certain age, those areas are supposed to start lighting up. Right. And like, so they'll start interfering with that, like really, really young. Um, And of course, sexual abuse on a child because children don't have sexuality and anybody that believes the Kinsey research um, really needs to reevaluate that that what they've been taught there because that's that's not true at all like just because they can activate those areas doesn't mean that children are born with a sexuality and um it's another thing too with like people saying that they're they were born in the wrong gender and they knew their sexuality when they're born like that's just another play on words for them to promote pedophilia because there's a presupposition in that sentence that the child was born sexual like no matter what that orientation is. So like, that's a, that's a, a play on words in your head when people say I was born this way. Right. Well, it's like, no, you weren't, <laughs> nobody's born anyway. Right? right. Like it's developed. So um, yeah. So they, they, sexual abuse is one of the main ways that they do satanic ritual abuse um, because that's one of the most damaging things you can do to any human. So even somebody that's been sexually abused, um, not in SRA, like there's a good chance that they would have dissociation and have repressed memories and have like a, their, their mind will block it from themselves until at a certain age. Like it's that damaging to a young person to be brought into that realm of humanity before like the time that they're ready for it is, is one of the most easiest ways to damage a human, like, um, at the core level. So they, they do SRA, um, to people because they also want to have sex slaves, right? They want to have people that are trained to do whatever they want sexually. And I mean, whatever they want sexually, like these people are sent to what's called charm school, where they basically are like trained and 
with hypnosis and stuff, like you can train somebody to like, when you see those contortionists and stuff, like at Cirque du Soleil, like they can train people from really young to be able to like do really things that people wouldn't normally be able to do with their bodies. Like, and they do it all with like hypnosis and training. And like, so they really create these really kind of like freakish alters that basically could do things that no normal human can do. And like, one example of that is like even Linda Lovelace and her like deep throating and stuff. Like to me, that's a perfect example of a, of somebody programmed her to do that. And a lot of people don't know that Chuck Trainer, her husband was a, a master hypnotist. So like, um, and able to do these kind of like, you know, things that a normal person couldn't normally do with their body. Like they're trained that way from birth. And so they use the sex slaves just for themselves and their own perversions, but they also use it for the blackmail and, and for like, you know, and they also like use it for the whole pornography industry. So every person that's um, put through SRA will also be like trafficked as a child because that helps to keep them traumatized and reinforce their programming. And it also fulfills the fetishes of all the sick Satanists that um, that's, that is their sexuality is pedophilia. So um, all these children are trafficked and then they use most of them in the porn industry um, up until a certain age. And like, um, so a lot of the pornography that people see, um, you know, I would think a lot of it is people with multiple personality or dissociative identity disorder. A lot of them are program multiples. And then of course they make like even nastier porn that wouldn't be available to the general public that would go like as far as snuff films or pedophilia or like, um, a lot of the books I read, like it would be like people having to um, make pornography with their own children. And like, just, I mean, just like any, like as vile as you can go, it, it's, there's no limit to like how far they've perverted every single thing. Um, and I'm glad that you brought up humans and sexuality because like human, that's one of the main ways that they control us. So like if we're animals on a farm and they're basically, um, trying to domesticate us to their liking sexuality is one of the main ways that they do that and like you can see that on a really light level like with advertising like we all know that they use sex in advertising even if it's just suggestive like I mean it's always a pretty girl beside the car or whatever I mean it's just always everywhere they're using that like humans are really vulnerable to that um because it is in the root in the root chakra which is where satanists want us to be in the five senses and in the root chakra and also that's where the reptilian brain is connected to so as soon as you start having um, your your sexual like reptilian brain activated which um that can even just be like right now i'm saying the word sex like i mean for some people watching that that's going to even activate their reptilian brain right once that happens you're actually in a programmable state so um, like when people are aroused sexually, they're in a, a trance, like they're in an altered state of mind, like they, they lose their willpower, they, you know, they do things like, I mean, it, it's a, there's a brain change that goes on at that time. So like, they know that and like, lawyers know this, like they know how to activate the reptilian brain in court and get the person to say something they didn't want to say, because they're not using their logical neocortex once they've had their, their reptilian brain. Um, and with the sexuality stuff, um, it's, it is one of their biggest agendas to invert humans sexually. And like, I mean, they've done a really good job of it. Um, and, you know, people might think, oh, sex is just something physical. And like, we get that kind of training in school, right? Like where it's very anatomical and it's very biological and it's very medicalized. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's just sex. You just need to know the, the science. You know what I mean? Like they've detached it from like any type of spirituality or like even understanding the energy exchange behind it, um, understanding how it's connected to our psychic energy and our creative energy. 
Um, it's, you know, occultists know how to like harness the energy of an orgasm, which is like the highest energy that a human create in our bodies. Right. So like they know how to use all of that and they know how to use it against us. And they're doing a really good job, like with the mass free pornography right now. Um, and also with, um, they've used it just also to um, change our social structure, right? Like so many people are not in relationships now. Like it's, there's more single people than people that are choosing to be in a relationship. And that has a lot to do with the effect of them interfering with sexuality because sexuality was um, given us to God in order to create bonding, right? So back in the day when you never saw anybody naked and then you got married and you slept with that person, like that would be enough to bond you for life. Like that's an intense bond. And so they've worked really hard to separate that and just keep, keep it separate. And like, even when you watch the pornography, it's very separated sex. Like it's just physical. They've separated it from feeling or like even the scenario leading up to it or anything like that. It's kind of like abstract art, right? Like where they've broken it down into the components and kind of obfuscated it or mystified it by just breaking it down to its essence instead of seeing it as a whole. Right. So they've, they've kind of, yeah, they've fragmented us like through the sexuality and, and this whole transgender thing. I mean, it's, you got to give them some credit. Like it's pretty impressive that they've programmed a whole generation of people to go and like cut off their genitals and their breasts and, and to invert their, their, you know, and you can't talk to these people. Like they've got a perfect, like there's no penetrating that mind control they're under, you know, once it's, once they've gone the other line, they've, they've really done that. Just, uh, just today I heard on the news, um, a couple, I, I don't remember what state they were in, chopped their child's genitals off. And then it's a boy and in the process of doing it, whatever, who they became so crazed. And they said that the boy reminded them of the dad. This was a lesbian couple chopping off their son's genitals. And at that moment, they realized that he reminded them of the father. So they chopped his head off, too. Yeah, I'm like, familiar with that story. Yeah, it's that, that to me is kind of the the very end of the spectrum of what these social engineers have done because it's the radical feminism it's the uh lesbian like you know what i mean like it, it encompasses all of it down to the violence over the child like it's um yeah that's actually one of the worst stories i've ever heard uh i'm, I'm actually really happy that little boy died i i couldn't think he would ever live and and be able to recover from that type of trauma like he, I'm, I'm very happy that he is um some yeah gone now because it, yeah. there's yeah that was the worst story i've really ever heard yeah i can't and i just you know these stories they keep coming out and they, it's just always new weird stuff that uh, that ultimately man parents are doing to their children it, it is it's truly just and, and again folks satanism is an inversion of of good <sighs> so it's just what would a mom do with her son man she'd love him and help him and raise him uh, you know, and then this is just now I'm going to cut his genitals off and murder him. It's like that's the, it doesn't get any more inverted upside down backwards or fucked up than that. So I don't know. It's just this is crazy. Um, so I, I, you know. What if, yeah, what if what, uh, also and uh, sorry, I just wanted to mention one thing before I forget is sure. that there's like a real um, like the pornography is also demonized. So like. Um, a lot of people are possessed that are in um, 
in pornography and they're actually harnessing your energy, like through your attention, when you watch it, you're actually like, they're, they're literally like harvesting your energy. Like, especially if somebody were to masturbate to the pornography and generate like the energy of an orgasm that's going into the ether. Like you basically just like put that into their ritual, like of yourself and your energy, like you've contributed and they're harnessing that. And like, that's why the pornography is free because they, they want everybody's eyes on it and harness they're harnessing all that energy through. And like people are demonized in it and like they do subliminals and they do rituals over it and stuff. So like, um, you know, it's not like it just appears on the surface. Like, I, I mean, a lot of those people have multiple personality. A lot of those people are demonized and a lot of it's ritualistic and, it, and your attention is currency. And like when you're putting it on there, like you're actually participating and you're being harvested. Yeah, that makes sense now. That's why it's free. Because yeah, if, yeah. And, and, and I think most of us know how vast the porn world is and how free all of it is and how you can find damn near anything. Um, and, and it is it's and, and a, what a what a gateway drug right into evil. Like, cause it's all yeah. oh, I'm just I'm just taking care of myself quick and it's no big deal. Nobody's getting hurt. Nobody even knows. And that's right. that's really truly. And when you say that, say that to yourself. No one really knows. That's why it's a problem. Any- well, because you're starting to be a sociopath, right? You're starting to yes. project yourself and then you have to act normal and hide that part of yourself. So you're and, becoming dissociative. That's right. Yeah. And so just as you're doing these things and mindlessly going about your business and thinking, no big deal. I watch porn, but no one gets hurt. I've told my wife, she knows that I do it, da, 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 all these things. You're contributing to demons raping people. They're harnessing right. your energy by you putting your attention into it. And, and so, yes, it's avoid it. (laughs) Yeah. And it is human harvesting. So like, it's the same as somebody who says like, um, you know, I, I only eat ugly animals like cows, but I'm nice to my dog or whatever. Right. Like, so they think they're a good person. And it's the same with people who are like, Oh, I only watch pornography with people over 18, but I would never be a pedophile. And it's like, but the same people are producing both porns and the same platforms have child porn on it and you're, and you're supporting it. And it's still a human being that's being harvested for pornography. Like, it's just like, they literally like train them and use them up and then like make glue out of them after, you know, like it's the same thing that happens to these people that go through the the porn mill, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it really is just like a factory farm for humans and then other humans are consuming it. And so, you know, it's really easy for people to rationalize like, Oh, it's all consenting adults or whatever, but it's, it's really like the industry is so much darker than that. And like what's behind it. And like, you're just kind of being shown what's in the window front, not what's in the back of the store, but it's like all highly connected. So again, you have to become dissociative in order to watch it. So like all the Satanists always want us to be dissociative and desensitized. So like, whether that's watching violence or, um, you know, you're going to watch the pornography, but you have to block out the part of your mind. That's like, that's a real person. And like, how did that girl end up there? You know? And like, you, you have to keep that separate in your mind to enjoy it. So like you're starting to compartmentalize yourself and they love that. And they, mm-hmm. it's the same as when you watch movies that are violent and you have to like dissociate the part of yourself, like get your empathy. You like, you have to cut that off or you can't watch the movie. Right. So mm-hmm. not only are they programming people, but like we're programming ourselves to be dissociative. And then once we're in that state, it's easier for us to be influenced by demons because we did it with our own free will. Yes. We freely exactly. and willingly walked right into their trap and said, I'm all in dude. Here's my attention. Here's my time. Let's do this thing. Yeah, that's how it works. And another thing, too, that people might not know, people are starting to figure out, though, for sure. Hollywood, okay, is kind of like the uh, 
well, that would be the Lexus to Toyota. Okay. Of so Hollywood is the Lexus of the porn world. Okay. It's like that's where the real pretty ones go and the top elites go. Those are the special ones. So we're going to give them these, you know, these millions of dollars, these movie deals. We're going to make them famous mm -hmm. and stars. They're still just whores for, for these yeah. people. And, and that's all that's all it is. Hollywood is so vapid and fake and loserly. So please stop giving it money and please stop giving it your attention and realize it's an extension of the porn world. Right. And I'm glad you, sorry, I'm, we're kind of going deep in this topic, but it's really interesting, but like, yeah, about the, the demons and sex too, like one of the easiest ways to transfer a demon is through sexuality. And so like, um, I just think people just give thought to that. Like, I don't want to like tell people what to do, but like um, there's a serious energy transfer and an energetic cord and a soul tie and actual DNA transfer and demonic transfer is like, that's one of the easiest ways for a demon to transfer is through sexual sexuality. And like these occultists know that like they do all types of rape rituals to get the demons into people. And then they, they rape people that have demons in them because they want to actually access the demon through rape and get demonic powers through rape. Like they'll, they'll demonize a child and then people will pay to come and rape that child because it is demonized and they want to access the demon. Like that's one of the main ways that they can do it is through sexuality. And like, even though people might just be watching a pornography, but like you're, you're still participating in it. Like it's still pretty dangerous, like, um, because demons and stuff can work through technology. So especially when you go into a really receptive state, like through the television, it's uh, pretty easy for something to get attached at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I just talked about that in a video I, I made, um, about the carrier wave that brings the signal that the television that you're watching, that, that, that signal is carried on a carrier wave that is basically the earth pulse frequency. It's a it's a it's a signal that when you sit in front of it and look at it, it will put your brain in a sleep state, a partial sleep state, which opens you to suggestion and the programming begins. Right. And it's really a trick on men. Like I think about that 1984, like where freedom is slavery. Um, and I know when they like um, were bringing communism into Russia, like they really promoted like promiscuity and like getting away from religious convention and like the, the women were kind of like encouraged to <laughs> be more free. And, you know, like you see this with the feminist movement as well, like it's women should be more free and sleep with more people. And like they're always encouraging people to um, be sleeping with more people because they want to make sure that nobody's actually bonding. And like, that's really the agenda on there, but it seems like, like freedom is slavery, right? So like, you're, you're so free, like you can do whatever you want. You can have as many partners as you want. And like the seventies or sixties is like free love. And, you know, they're always promoting this free sexuality and freedom because they know what it'll do to a human being is make them not be able to bond. And like now with all the free pornography where it's like unlimited, like you can have unlimited, like you get all you, all you want, the buffet is never ending buffet. Like, um, it's on demand. Like, um, so you, you, somebody will be like, oh yeah, I'm so free. Like I'm so free to access whatever I want, but like it really enslaves them. And like, it actually makes them not be able to have like a normal sex life or even a normal relationship anymore. So, and then they're addicted. Like it works the same as any other drug. It's like pornography is absolutely a drug, if not the worst drug, it, you know, like it, it's a really strong drug. It's like worse than heroin when it does on your mind. And like, you see there's an inverted relationship with how much people watch it to how much they actually lose their normal human sexuality to the point where they actually can't even be with a real woman. Even if she was like the most gorgeous woman in the world, the guy won't even be able to get off without watching a porn at the same time because it's enslaved him. So like mm -hmm. that's a perfect inversion of freedom is slavery. Mm -hmm. Yep.
And that's yeah, why they're. I, I, I remember are, I had that realization about what porn was and, and had to take account of my own life um, a while ago. And, you know, this was pretty much it was right around the time I was sobering up. So I was really like, OK, this isn't a good thing. I know that's I know this isn't a good thing. And yeah, it gets to be to the point of a drug where you're like, wow, I'm not even really in control of myself. I just got to like, I have a free minute. I'm going to run away and go watch porn. It's just like, what's wrong with me? And that's, uh, there was even a, what was it? Maybe right before the pandemic, whatever, uh, maybe that November or something, there was a, a, a what a, a no whack November or something. What I can't remember what they called it, but it was like, let's, let's, let's avoid porn for one month guys. And then all these people were putting out their stories about how many times they do it a day and all this stuff. And like, and then, wow, I, you know, after two or three days, even of not doing that, like, it's like, I feel like I'm coming back. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. How, how way take over your mind. It does. It, it really takes you over and you just can't see it. And yeah. uh, it's, it's insanity. So, you know, just be wary of sex guys. Like, and, and it is, I was told when I was a kid, you know, that I was scared by the Christian videotapes of, of the devils and everything. And they told you, Oh, premarital sex. That's where it's at. You know, they, everything. And I was just like, they're just fear mongering. And I, I really believe that for a long time. And as I'm starting to learn more about it, I think ultimately the, the Christians that were telling us that in the 80s didn't have the full <laughs> knowledge to, to truly explain their point well. So they were like, it's just all the devil. And everybody went, you guys are weird. And so it turns out they were right. They just didn't have a good explanation as to why and how. That's just a little piece that I've come to realize. I figured I'd throw in for people because uh, it's yeah. It's, it also like it steals the like the sex drive and the life force like especially for men like it's like what propels men forward to achieve things right like 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 you know like anybody that's been in love like it's like you can make stuff happen like if, if the girl you loved was like across the country like somehow you'd find a way to get there like with, where you you're imagining like because the will to go is so strong that you'll somehow find a way to go like it's like a really amazing drive that can be harnessed I think it was Napoleon Hill in his book. Um, I don't know if it's Think and Grow Rich, but maybe, or maybe one of his other books, but he really talks about the sex drive being the life force and like it moving, moving mountains, right? Like once it's activated, like you can do things you'd never normally be able to do once you really wanted to get somewhere to see somebody, for example. Right. And so like every boxer and fighter knows like you don't have sex the night before a fight. Right. And like, so you see how it's really funny how, as soon as COVID happened, it was like, they were giving the porn hub was like opening up free porn for everyone. Like, cause it's like, they really wanted like all men's life force. Like, so they won't be fighting. And it also tricks the brain into getting reward. Right. Because, um, like back in the day, it's like, you had to be like so much of a stellar man to get a woman, right. Like you had to be able to like, um, be a decent human being and like be capable of a relationship. And like, there was these certain things that were required in order to access um, sex. Right. And so, and that was like the reward for like being in love and, and achieving, like getting the girl you want. Right. Like, whereas now that's all taken away, you're just getting the reward and the reward and the reward and the dopamine. And it's like the perfect way for the controllers to just keep all the men not trying to, to accomplish anything. Like it's, perfect formula to do that yeah have you uh have you read anything or do you know anything about onking do you have you do you know what that is so uh it's i don't know if i have the book here I onking do. yeah hang on god there's new shit every <laughs> so this is about the sexual energy i think it's in volume two and um it's super cool and i've been doing this as a practice just since i read about it 
and uh, it's basically as you orgasm, you feel the energy start in your root chakra and then it will it will travel up your your chakra system. And as it gets to your heart chakra, you are to using your willpower, stop that flow of energy and push it out the back side of you and have it rotate around through your eighth chakra, through your octave up here, the one that's part of the next dimension. And it goes and it connects through that. And then it bring comes down and it reconnects to the heart chakra. And so, so you, you oh. breathe, you breathe in and you breathe a nine tenths breath in. And as it reaches your heart chakra, you hold that breath and that pushes this, the energy around. And as it recon, as it's reconnecting, when it reconnects, you finish that breath and then slowly exhale through your nose as this energy travels the onk pathway around you. And then you don't lose your energy out into the universe. You contain it. Now, Satanists and, and, and other people, but people that are into ritual magic will use that energy. And when you, uh, just what I've heard, I haven't read or studied and really done much more, but I do practice is that when you keep your mind trained on something like that's how you, that's real magic. You're, you're creating this thing with that and developing energy. your will, like right. to create developing other things. Your will. That's right. Right. And yeah. I don't know exactly all about it, but I do know that, man, if you really like say you're just praying, call it that you're focused on a thing that you kind of want uh, while that's happening and over and over and over. And man, you will manifest it. You can manifest all sorts of things using sex energy. And totally. And, this, and also like when you're having an orgasm, your actual ego dissolves. Like that's why humans like it, like not just the physical part, but like, it's like, you're not thinking about, and you're not in the past or the future, or like you're completely in the present moment with no ego, like for that, like however many seconds, like, of, like, it's like a bliss of like, where there's no, nothing impeding, like, right. So like a call, just use that too, for like visualization, right. Because your own crap in your mind gets in the way of like you visualizing things and and creating things with your psychic energy in your mind so like um during that like right after an orgasm like that's like a that's the zero point energy right there right yeah. and you're mm -hmm. in it so like that's why yeah it's so dangerous for like to let them harness that and like they have subliminals in our programming and stuff through the porn like it's so dangerous to be like sitting in front of a tv in a trance state and then have an orgasm like you don't they can put whatever they want and you're going to become the conduit for their ritual. Like it's going to go in you and you're going to create it. And you don't even know what it is. Cause when you're, when you're all done, you're, you're going to, you're not going to have any like memory of what went in your mind. It's like done. You weren't even there. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and just in this, what hour, hour and 10 minutes we've been talking, you can see the perfect formula just seems to keep happening and happening. All these levels, they have been, doing this for a long time they have everything put in place which is why people like me who you know and and others are, are whoa shit realizing this and talking about it and we got to start waking people up to this because that's the only way it's going to stop is if we first of all hear this and don't go oh God, that's just weird and i'm going to never listen to that or think about it again no no you hear this and go holy shit i gotta go do something about this again anybody that's watched any of my stuff realizes that i'm about action you have to act. You do have to learn about what the hell's going on first and figure out how you feel about it. So you're either going to join the evil team or you're going to go, oh, yeah, we got to put a stop to this and then act on it because otherwise, otherwise you're culpable. You understand when you realize that, that this is going on and you don't do something, when you don't take action, you will be culpable. And 
that's on you. You're going to have to answer to the creator at some point. And I, so that's not for me to decide, but I can guarantee action must be taken or you are culpable. Yeah. And that's like what the Bible would refer to as a sin of omission. It's something that you failed to do, not something you did. Right. So people think that they can be really passive right now and like, Oh, it has nothing, you know, nothing to do with me. But like, I mean, that when, when you're in a position and something's required and you're capable of doing it and you use your free will not to like, that is still something that you're going to be accountable for. Like a hundred percent agree with that. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I think uh, maybe we'll, we'll wrap this up here and kind of keep it close to an hour this time. Um, I know we can go on and on and, and do more and we <laughs> shall in, in, uh, in later dates. Um, perhaps even um, uh, maybe get uh, uh, an interview with you and Courtney together, the woman that I uh, will be uh, putting out the interview actually tomorrow. So, uh, and then you'll yeah, be Yeah, I watched that one. It was great. So I'd love to talk to her and I would love to do an interview with you guys if she wants to do it too. It'd be great. Cool. Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, I think she's on that, that same wavelength. So um, again, guys, this is, uh, I appreciate everybody watching. Um, this is, uh, I've got a couple of series, uh, or a couple of shows here in a row that are going to kind of be about this topic. And, and so we can get a good understanding about this by no means are all my shows going to be, uh, just about this. Uh, again, I'm going to do things about, I, I'm actually going to do a show about music. Uh, and I've decided that uh, music is such a big part of my life. And, uh, although I do feel like I need to express natural law and what it is and, expose the satanic agenda that's going on in this world uh, there's there is some time for like actual enjoyment of things and i love music so there will be some podcasts that are about music and really kind of that <laughs> so um but anyway thanks for watching guys and i appreciate so much you being here uh be true to yourself and live a life devoted to truth thanks hey guys thanks for watching my third podcast i hope you enjoyed it uh i hope you learned something um, I promise I will do an episode about Christ consciousness so that we can counter this. And um, that way we can also understand what we're aiming for and what we're, what we're trying to bring about in this reality. So my next episode is going to be an interview with Sean McCann of Wake the Dead podcast. And we're going to be discussing music and drugs and spirituality and how all those things are connected. So it'll be a good episode. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you soon.